Welcome to episode one. I am uh, co-host Evan Giokis, co-founder of MGM Coaching, founder of the College Confidence Coach, and I'm here with my business partner and co-founder, Carl Montante III, who's also uh, the founder of Terzo Development Company. You nailed it. That's it. And uh, we couldn't wait to get started. We've got a lot to talk to you about. We have... uh, forever been known as people who will keep your ear going and uh, between the two of us I think that uh, the aim of this podcast is to bring you internal self-validation which we'll get into help you in your career development help you in your networking pursuits uh, and hopefully give you some laughs and some insight along the way welcome Carl yeah podcasting feels like a very natural medium for us to definitely people who enjoy talking we'll talk till the cows come home and to a fall and now we can do it and ideally have people listen to what we have to say yesterday i was in a meeting uh with my financial advisor who was discussing this mastermind that he's in so we 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 both met with our financial advisors yesterday yesterday. we both had financial advisors planning good planning well we're doing something right (laughs) at least we have Something to manage. Right. That's good. Yeah, it's a good start. Um, but uh, yesterday I was meeting with him. He's part of this mastermind. There's 24 guys in it. And so each month, two of them are responsible for hiring speakers. Oh, okay. So it's like a two-day. They go somewhere. They'll come to like Buffalo if it's his turn. And Any topic? So they're tasked with finding interesting, engaging, thought-provoking speakers and he said that when there's a flop, which happens frequently, probably more often than they'd hope, frequently, he said that like you know it'll be like a quarter of the people who are responsible for bringing the speaker, and they bring a flop in, and then that person just gets beyond ridiculed. So I asked him, I said, what qualifies as a flop? And he said one of two things. The first is that the topic is Boring. all over the place. Oh no, it's just it's not. It's not succinct. It's exactly, and it doesn't. It, it doesn't have a mission. Interesting. And then the second is the person runs out of things to say because when they bring people in, oh. it has to be a minimum of like an hour and a half. And, and it's so not easy to just talk. Well, they, so it's funny you say that because I'm laughing. I'm like, you'd have to stop me at an hour and a half. Well, for us, it's a little different. So that's why I think. You know, just starting off with this, what we're going to try and do for all of our listeners, I've found, and I don't know how many of you that are listening to episode one find that when I go through podcasts, my biggest pet peeve is what? It's too long. Like it's forever. You have like days, like it'll take me a week of driving to and from the office to get through an episode. Uh, Then I started listening to, and I wish I could shout out the the author of it or the the host of it, but I was listening to uh, Money Matters. Um, okay. which is a, a podcast. I listen on Apple, but it's the number one podcast currently in the entrepreneurship category. And I was listening to his, I don't know what number they're on. You know, they're still, they do like one a month. Okay. And uh, his first episode of the new year was about... Pat McLean. Pat McLean. Scott Hansen. So Pat, I don't even know what he did or how he okay. generated his wealth. Okay. But he's something like the youngest, um, he was the youngest person ever with main control of like a publicly traded company. Oh, interesting. Something like that. I I think that's what I heard him pick up out of it. Point is, he keeps all of his podcasts to 30 minutes. So like like for me, 15 minutes on the way to work, 15 minutes on the way home, I get it done. I don't know if we'll be able to keep ours to 30, but like the goal is make it into a point where people can follow along, they can understand, and that we're going to give you key takeaways. And almost set an agenda prior to, you know, each podcast. So... 
Uh, I'm glad you bring up the topic of agenda because obviously I know your cognitive profile. <laughs> um, you you don't use agendas. I use agendas knowing that it'll put me in strain. That is that is fair. That is fair, and which is a, a key distinction between a cognitive profile, sync, strain, what we teach, how we coach, because someone can't live in sync. 100% of the life. Right. You have you have to be able to handle strain in your day-to-day. For sure. But we're also getting ahead of ourselves. Because Way no ahead. Knows what Nobody knows doing. what we're talking about. No one knows what this is. But we will. We'll get to that. And I think that like that's not going to be lesson one. So what we're going to get into and what I've kind of thought in my mind yep. would be most beneficial, and you and I talked about it yep. before, but what we're going to discuss is the origin of how this came to be. Right. And why we're podcasting and what we've built and the key component to it, uh, which has to do with drum roll. Uh, drum roll, please. We can, maybe, we, maybe we can uh, put a little drum roll in. Yeah, the, we can try podcasting. That. But like we're, we're going to do we're going to talk about the conative part of your mind and why being conatively aware. Yep is the first step in finding career sustained yep. sustainability yep. Uh, regardless of what industry regardless of you know how long or the duration right. of where your career has been why we're coaching 65 year old salesmen for the first time and they're finding sync for the first time in their 35 year careers right. and uh, I think that's really important but before we get into what that is and how you find it and we'll continue in next podcast right. and you know discovering that I think it's important that everyone gets a little bit of a feel of who we are so and, and why we're here why yeah. we're here in february 2024 simon cynic why this is the why we're gonna get into what did you just say simon, simon cynic you've never read simon cynic i've never read, i've never heard of simon, simon cynic. cynic is all about the why it's it's understanding your why and okay, not understanding like the who or the what so simon says that no matter what you do so it's like patagonia yeah yeah, yeah. right like patagonia's are, why patagonia's why right. is reducing the carbon footprint of the earth making the earth better if you look at their black friday ad from 2009 2010 or something like that yep. they had this ad and it said please don't buy our jacket. And it had a picture of the new jacket. Please, 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 please don't buy our jacket. And then the subprint said, if you have a jacket that's in condition but needs repairs, send it to us. Even if it's not a Patagonia, we'll fix your jacket and send it back to you so that you don't buy our jacket. But if you need a jacket, then buy, buy this one. Uh, but like it was the most brilliant why yeah, right. marketing and advertising because like they literally were going to their mission, which is we will pay to have your jacket repaired. We will pay for you to like not have to. It's free. You right. send your jacket right. and we I've fix it. I've done it before. But if you need a new jacket, here's one for you. And like their sales went through the roof. So like who knows? But like the point is their why is reducing carbon footprint. That's what they did. So let's get to our why. Yeah. Or or maybe even to start because you and I aren't sitting here together without you finding your why. Correct. More than a decade ago. Um, Way more than a decade. When you were just a wee lad. Yeah. So my... My formation with Conative dates back, like my actual initial introduction to yep, Conative, yep. which mean, not a lot of people know. 14, 15, 16 years old? Yeah, I was like 13, 14 wow. the first time I ever took a Conative A. Okay. Um, that said, my family didn't do a whole lot with it. 
you took it, but you didn't get I it. I think it gave alleviation to my parents. They're like, hey, this kid's a nut job, and he does his homework on the bus on the way to school, <laughs> but like he's still getting A's, so let's just leave him the right. hell alone. And then my brother, who's like a very initiating follow-through and like uh. needed systems, and then when things weren't in systems and he was disconnected and struggled in certain classes and whatever, like it just bring, it bring great clarity to them as parents. Alex seems... Like he's similar to me where like I, I think about when I got home from school, I would have my snack. Yep. I would sit down. I'd do my homework for whatever, 30 minutes, an yep. hour. Yep. I'd go outside for an hour, two hours. I'd come in. I'd have dinner and I'd go to bed and I'd do the same exact thing the next day. And he had no problem with it. Right. To the point where like if there was even a variation in his lunch... It was like a very different day. The like, afternoon's not going to go as well. That's so, it was like, you know, I'm going to have peanut butter with the crust cut yep. off and goldfish yep. and like this. And like, if those things aren't in my lunch, good luck. So for you initiating follow-throughs out there. Which uh, you'll learn about. Which you'll learn about. Um, that's, that should speak to you a little it bit. It just creates, it. Right. so it's it's a profile. So anyways, is. point is, is, we're Let's talking about the why. Let's go back. Um, my parents used it. Yes. Then a mentor of mine, yep. which any of my clients and anybody who's heard me speak publicly yep. before or read anything that I've published, heard this story. knows that I was an absolute disaster in college. Just but, a disaster. But you also can't blame yourself for that. Think about how many kids go into college right. with zero direction, sure. zero idea what they're getting into, sure. zero idea what their potential interests are, their career path. Yep. And so they end up going to a college or a school or making that decision based on external factors, where, where their friends are going, what their parents tell them, where their teachers say they might succeed, where they think they'll have fun, yep. a million different reasons. And that ended be up becoming what I now teach as right. the external self-validation method, mm-hmm. right? And you're right. exactly right. So, yeah, I mean, when I was going through it, my dad's an immigrant. Right. My mom's entire side of the family, nobody... Shout out Greece. Yeah, shout out Greece. And then my mom's family, you know, she's first generation. And, yeah. like, nobody went to college. Right. Like, we, I was what? really the first on either side of the family to graduate from an American university. Which is impressive in and of itself. Sure. And, like, had I known what I know now, I didn't even take advantage. I, didn't, I don't know if I've ever told you or anybody in a meeting this. I didn't take advantage of that when I was doing applications. Now, when you look at applications, one of the first mm. questions they ask you is, how are you first-generation college student for your family? Like, I pressed no. Think about the advantages I would have had then. I probably would have got off the wait list at Georgetown. Well, and, and, and again, how are you supposed to know that considering who's – I you wish know, I could shout who's guiding out. guiding you through that application process? I would, a guidance counselor? So, And it's funny because I won't mention names. Yeah. Um, but, like, my guidance counselor is still a guidance counselor. Yeah. I, the meetings that I had to this day are ingrained in the forefront of, like, what I don't want to do when I'm coaching students. Ah. One of the things that I, like, am big on and, like, that I pray for and that, like, are in my daily mantras and in right. my meditations and everything that I do to become better at what I do is I ask for wisdom that every time I get into a meeting with a student, I can be intentional, that I can tune out the distractions, that I can tune out that Nicole and I have. Not that I ever <laughs> want to tune out my kids, but, like, it's like, you know, right. the distractions that are in your life right. – Again, that sounds poor. We'll have to edit it. It's not that they're distractions. No. It's that there's other parts of your life. But when I'm with a student, yep. I want to be those 30 Present. minutes, those 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, 
I want to be completely intentional with what I'm saying right. and how I'm presenting it because everything you do, especially when you're dealing with a hormonal teenager, well, formative years, it's crazy. Life. Like I so like my point, right? I will never forget the way that my counselor looked at me when I told him my list of colleges. As a bad thing? It wasn't even, like I had good grades in high school and I was involved in a lot at my school. I was editor-in-chief of the literary magazine. I was on student council. I played two varsity sports. Like I was involved. But like he looked at me and he's like, where'd you come up with that list? And I was like... uh, As as if you did something wrong. Right, exactly. And I was like, well, you know, I took Naviance and he's like, Naviance, like the school software? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, great. Like you and everybody else. Uh, And I was like... All right, so like there, right in of itself, we could go down another rabbit hole for another episode and like what's wrong with the admission system and how there really is no formal guidance to people making the decision making. But point being, he gave me this look. So when I was doing my applications, um, you know, I didn't do it with the conviction that I was getting into these schools. I did it with the let me get this over with so I can get back to my life. Mm. And almost uh, as it was an inconvenience to you to try and figure out what to do next. Correct. And. I ended up at Niagara University to start my college journey, and I shout them out all the time. Purple Eagles, go. Yeah. Well, here's the thing with them, too. And, like, I hope somebody from Niagara catches this someday and writes us because, like, I want to go on record for the first time, like, on record saying that they should really just move that campus and start over in Lewiston. Oh, my gosh. Because Imagine if Niagara University was in Lewiston, New York, as opposed to... Shout out. I'm talking about shout outs. Like... Take the perception of what you're going to in Niagara Falls, Absolutely. shift it to Lewiston. Now, like you have a top what tier? Miami University, University. at the wow. at the at the at the least, you have Miami of Ohio of the Northeast. Wow! Because it is like from an educational standpoint, they're doing so many things that are innovative and creative. And this isn't a plug or a solicitation right. for NU. I I ended up leaving NU. I went and took classes at UB at Canisius at Syracuse. But like when I look at you know, what they have and what they did, you know, there's a lot of potential there. Not the story. The story is when I ended up there, I ended up driving myself. I was with a friend. Like, my parents didn't come with me to this. I went for my campus visit on my own. I went and, and like, no, no. 17, 18 years old. Drove up. He got, the guy I was driving with got pulled over in a work zone on the way there. We were late for the tour. Oh, gosh. I toured the campus. And I was just like, yeah, like, you know, this this seems right. Now, I could be here. Think about who I deal with on a daily basis. Oh, my gosh. Right? Like, and not, not bad mouthing no. anybody or saying that it's wrong. The parents that come in this office on a daily basis are so, not even helicopter, but a lot of them are snowplow parents, right? Uh, They're trying to build the path for their kid to walk down. They have the right intention. For sure. 100%. But They're looking out for their children. But they want to clear the path yes. and let the yes. kid walk down it. Yes. External self validation. Yep. Go back to that. Um, Anyways, I'm going down like this huge tangent just to get to the point that I end up going there on my own, on my own merit and decision, and with the help of a a huge scholarship that they offered me to come there. It was the complete wrong fit for me because of the fact that I had no clue what I wanted to do. Well, and again, at 17, 18 years old, you're making this decision, which at the time seems like literally the biggest decision in your life because it is. It's the first time you make a decision that will impact you. Well, it's the first time that it's a, it's a direct impact decision. Gotcha. And how are you supposed to make that decision for yourself when you don't know who you really are? Right. That's And, and what you really stand for and what drives you and what motivates you and what gets you in sync on a day-to-day basis. That's the premise of the College Confidence Coach, in a nutshell. External versus internal self-validation. Giving people the empowerment of 
not asking right. their parents, their teachers, their friends, right. what should I do? Because yes, you you as that student trust the people in your life. Why you, wouldn't you? Wh- why would you not listen to those who love you, who give you guidance, who have been around you forever? Right. But do they really have all the answers? No. If Rudy asked you, no. fast forward, oh right, gosh. and said, what should I do with my life? You could guide him and say, hey, try real estate. Right. Hey, try coaching. Hey, try this. Because that's what I've done. Exactly. It's not that you would ever give him bad advice. It's no. not that I would ever give Never. my kids bad advice Never. It's or intentional bad advice. Correct. But like, you know, I go through my path and like my family is like, well, take over the family business or like do this. And right. it's, like, it's like, here, you know, like here's your path. I, if I was in finance oh or I was an attorney, which I ended up in law school, you know. It was a good uh, month, good two months. Semester. Like when I, when I look <laughs> back at it, if I would have became one of those two things, would I be successful? Sure. Like I, I, I believe that. I'm a hard worker. Right. I don't stop. I've got that grind, that fire, that motivation. But like it wouldn't have put me in sync. No. I would have been in strain 90% oh. of the time, which by the way is what the normal person does. Like most people, if you look at the data and the statistics, are in strain in their day-to-day jobs over 75% of the time. Which is bad for the employee, which is bad for the employer, which is bad for the friends and family around that employee, the friends and family around the employer, everyone involved. Their kids. In some sort of circle yeah, exactly. around that person. When you're gets in strain, if you stay in strain long enough, it's inevitable that it leads to burnout. And when it leads to burnout, then you start making affective decisions. And if those affective decisions are negative, then that impacts the cognitive for life. So like when you get into the layers of the brain and how decision-making is all impacted by whether or not right. you're putting yourself in sync. And so a lot of people will listen to this and we're gonna, we're, I guess we're gonna specify sync and strain today because we're talking about it a lot and we will continue to talk about it a lot. Sink and strain is something that will be brought up in every episode. For sure. So let's Without planning them out, I can almost guarantee that. But where I'm going with that is when you are in unrealized strain, yep. the only thing that can happen is combustion. Like if, if you are just continue to be right. in strain, the only thing that happens is combustion. If you don't make time for it. So a lot of people are going to make the mistake and say, oh, well, you know, I take a vacation once a year and I reset I my, reset. I recharge my batteries. Oh, like oh it's, God, it's, give me a break. it's horrible. Right. Like just get out of strain. Cause what, cause what you're then living for, this is when people live for the weekend. This is when people live for the vacation. They live for like that thing, three, four, six months down the road. Sure. Because, not because... How many friends do you have Oh, right now where you can think like, oh. yeah, I know Tommy's having a beer tonight. Like, it's just like, and not that there's any, I'm not no, condemning no. anybody for their choices, but it's like, how many people live to crack that beer open after work or have that glass of wine on Thursdays or like, it's their entire motivation of tomorrow's Thursday, I'm going to have that glass of wine. I'm going to sit down. They've been living in strain, complete strain. They're banging their heads against the table. They're exhausted. Oh my gosh. How about the friends? And now I know you value sleep a little bit more than me, but how about the people? There's nothing wrong with getting good sleep. I love good sleep. I have come to well, realize well, good sleep. You, you appreciate good sleep, but you don't get good sleep. It's not that I don't. I actually sleep great. So let's de- let's define that. I sleep okay. like okay. a baby. I've had five kids over the last seven years. My <laughs> wife and I is, shot. Which is wild in and of itself. So like I've learned to adapt to less layers of sleep. But yes. like the people who drive me crazy are the ones that say like, ah, I'm in bed now and I'm not waking up till then. And yeah. like it's like my life... 
if I don't have this, yep. I'm not the same. No, it's not that you're not the same. Right. It's not that you're not the same. If every day you woke up and you were on fire about the tasks that you do, right. you can live on five hours of sleep. Well, you that's, can live and that's on, us. And I'm not saying that you need to. No. Like, I'm not saying that you need to be five, six hours of sleep. But what drives me crazy are the people who are like, if I don't get this much, I'm not functioning. I'm a zombie the Yeah, next okay. Day. Then be a zombie and stay in strain your whole life right. and, like, just, just right. stay out of my way. Because, again, think about how many of the listeners that are out there right now Go to work, 9 o'clock every day, leave the office, 5 p.m. every day, and they're exhausted. For and sure. they did nothing but answer some emails, sit in on some meetings, sit behind a computer, right. make some calls, Probably shoot Probably ate like shit, put some gluten in their body, some sugar, got through it with another cup of caffeine. Exhausted. Exhausted. No, no physical exertion whatsoever. I, I mean, seriously. Those people, by the way, listening, you're in strain. You need help. <laughs> and like you're not going to get out of strain until you realize no, no. what puts you there. And it takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen at, you know, the snap of a finger. I mean, even when we start or I started my journey of conation and understanding my profile and who I am and my drive, my instinct, my unique abilities, I was doing things a certain way because I was taught, told, trained, conditioned for years yep. on what I thought I needed. Yep. When in reality it was completely different than And just what to touch on this, and we need to make sure, so like we should put this on the board behind us and circle it, what we should come back to is, for you, even more than for me, Okay. think about how much strain oh. it would put in an initiating systematizer oh to be in a system that they didn't create because they think it's what they should do. I... Uh, it gives me chills. I mean, I think I literally the hair on my arm is standing up right now. I think back to, you know, my first career, my first job in Cincinnati at 3CDC, which was amazing and incredible. And I am eternally grateful for that opportunity. But the way I went about doing my work was because of the systems that were set in place. For sure. Which were created with the best of intentions, yep. which were created that worked for other people, yep. which is all fine and dandy. Yep. Did they work for me? <laughs> no. To an extent, yes. For a majority, absolutely not. But, okay, so here's another difference, right? And we're going to get into the three areas of the mind right. as a result of this. Um, well, before hit, we do hang three on. areas of the mind, we got to get back to still. Why? Why we're here. We, we might get there. We might Guys, not. this is a, uh, a major initiating quick start. But hang on. That's where I'm going with <laughs> Which, it. This is where I'm going For the record, it. this makes sense. It's improvisation. It is. It's complete that's, improvisation. But I'm a 10. Like, that's where I live my life is in improvisation. So let Thank me just, God I understand that. Let me explain it. Thank let God me just explain I, I honestly think this is something we have never discussed that's going to be a huge breakthrough. I like this. Think about you being at 3CDC as an initiating systematizer. Yep. What is an initiating systematizer's MO? Their MO is process, procedure, organization, so building a system that they can follow. So if an initiating systematizer is placed into a maintaining... Which I was. They can deal with it for a while. Correct. Because they are seeing things and they're saying, all right, well, like I wouldn't do it this way, but it's right. a system, right. so let me follow it. Right. I was a 10 quick start working yeah. at Best Buy. <laughs> corporate structure America. corporate to a T F you Best Buy like I, I love Best Buy Listen, now for the record the we get all of our tech from Best Buy so thank you Best Buy <laughs> we, I, and like I, I like shopping there I actually right. like what they've done as a company but you working there 
Think about like, so I've told this story to a few people. Like I was 18 years old. I was 16 when I started and I worked there through my senior year in college. I worked there all the, you know, when Jackson and I had the apartment at UB. Jackson. I worked there when we were traveling back from, you know, back and forth from Niagara. Like I, I worked at Best Buy for years. For years. And I started off selling computers. And you got good at it. Dominated sale, go figure. Like you know, because like I, they come in and like I'm totally off script. It's not improvising. Hey, sir, we got this sale today on the HP Uh, i3 processor. You should take a look at this one. It's like no, I'm gonna have a conversation with you. I'm gonna find out what your needs are. I'm gonna find out if you've got a kid who's 16 years old and you might need a little more malware protection. (laughs) Some of the stuff that's going on out there. One of the searches here. (laughs) But like I went through it, and so like then I got promoted by 18. They were flying me on like company dime to Boston to go and listen to the head of the corporation because we were going to start implementing Best Buy Mobile. And I was getting trained to open up Best Buy Mobiles in our district. And like, it was all improv. And then the second that the fun stopped and I had to go to setting routines for employees. Follow this script. Not only follow it, create it. Oh my God. Create, I'm a three. You're an adapting follow through. I can't do it, Siege. Like, so that was when the strain came. And I don't think I've ever told anybody this story either, except maybe Jackson, who I'm bringing up again. Like, the day I quit Best Buy. Yep. The most freeing day of your life? Not, I, yeah. I mean, there's there. there's others, but up there, the the supervisor who I had at the time, yep. who I believe still works for Best Buy wow. all these years later, she came into my mobile department yep. and she, like, did, like, a finger test of dust and she like held it in my hand and I took the glove off her hand and I threw it right back at her and I said have fun and I walked right out the door and I was just like like basically she was saying like like we had just crushed it that day we had done like 22 hot spots we were doing contracts no that the that the area it's like well we have cleaning people she's like well you're responsible I took the glove off her hand I threw it back at her I walked out I never looked at Best Buy again Um, but like again turned out for the better no doubt but like my point is when you're in certain situations, like right. that was combustion. It, that could have led combustion. to horrible decisions. That could Total have led to, out. exactly. So like luckily I was 19. You figured that out young. Yeah, and, and I said to myself at that point, I'll never work a corporate job. I will never, no matter what you do, no matter how far you get, no matter how many people you yeah. suck up to, no matter what like level you get to. And that's not to say it's wrong for people. No. Some people like the stability right. of it. For me, Some people need that. For me, that was it. So now, so this is a perfect transition point because you say at 19 years old, you told yourself you'll never work in corporate America. You now have been running your own company for 11, 12 years. I incorporated founded, in October of 2012. Yeah. Okay. So we're at, we're coming up on 12 years in October. Yeah. Uh, since then you've helped find, found Zeno Marketing. Yep. We have MGM Coaching. Yep. There's countless others that I'm even... College Confidence Coach, the College Confidence Program. It's just... And just inspiration for other things. So tell me how that started because you mentioned earlier, and obviously I know the story, so I'm going to kind of run this here, but a mentor of yours told you to read a book. Yep. Which was by Kathy Colby. Which was by Kathy Colby. Who we both love. If you're listening to this... (laughs) We would love to have you on this podcast. Um, we'll take Amy too, and we'll Lisa. Amy or Come Lisa. on in, everybody. Any, anybody. We, we honestly, we love Colby Court. Um, um, they're the best. But you read this book. Yep. You went to Chicago, I yep. believe. Yep. I went out to Chicago. You listened to Cole, to Kathy. Kathy speak. Yep. And and. I was just what happened? Okay. I had this breakthrough moment. I didn't know what I was doing there at the time. I did not go 
to were, my. Let me let me ask you a question. Were you taking a risk at going there? <laughs> I didn't. I, <laughs> I had no money. Um, I so had, yes, you were taking a risk. I mean, I was going further into debt, and like my my point in going there was I read the book and I thought to myself, Man, as you were in law school, well, I was starting. You were starting law so school. So like my, just started. Yeah, like my point in reading it was. I don't think I'm going to like law school. I hated studying for the LSAT. I did well. So, like, right. I don't want to mistake Again, it. because you're a smart yeah, person. Yeah, like, I, I did well in school. I did well in the LSAT. I just, like, I knew that more studying and more, you know, strain in that sense. Fact-finding. Was, yeah. It was going to put me <laughs> over the edge. So, like, I knew I needed to do it. And then this right. book changed everything. I went out. Kathy was holding a, a master class in Chicago yep. and I took what I had and I went out there and it was in the hotel room in between night one and day two uh, that I said, you know, aha, like for lack of sounding cliche. Yeah. And it, like it was it. And I actually named it that night, the college coach. And then like, lo and behold, I didn't know that. yeah, I couldn't do it. Cause like somebody was the college coach already as I Googled it. So and I went up at Ross Slater, who I still love. Ross, just I just met Ross for the first time as partner. At Wayne. Colby, they Dunn. are the best. Yeah, they're hilarious. They're phenomenal. And like so, um, I went up to Toronto. I, I had the moment. Yep. I finished the the class. I became Colby certified at that point. Okay. Um, and then for I, the first time. For the first time. <laughs> and then I came back to Buffalo, and my dad's practice at the time yep. had people who had children. Yep who were right in the transition point of what I wanted to do. I said to myself in that hotel room, had I known this in high school, yep. I would have never struggled the way that I did in right. college. I would have never struggled to find direction right. you know, through all these years. And I probably would still have found ways to use it, whether it was at Best Buy or whether it was in financial planning or whatever. You know, in whatever what capacity you were in. So I knew that at that point it became my mission to take this theory and bring it to an audience that's not previously exposed to Colby right. or Conative right. or, or any of that. So I named it. Then I went up to Toronto and I did this like basically just like come to Jesus meeting with Ross where he was like, I have all these different people I'm going to introduce you to and I have all these different ideas, but you better get your shit straight. You better figure out like what you're the, pitching, the real slap what on the, the process hand, like, is. Get this going. And then like two weeks later, I get a call from Steve Laughlin. Steve, wow. another like... You know, influential in person. Steve's in D.C. He's the founder of the National Society of Collegiate Scholars. Yep. Steve believed in did, my crazy idea. Did Ross introduce you to Steve? Steve knew Ross. Gotcha. Okay. Ross knew Steve. Ross yes, actually yes, yes. does Networking. the conative. No, does the conative training for NSCS on an annual basis. Ah, so now there's this huge conative connection, and Steve French overlap. comes into the equation. Which again, we're going down a whole huge. Holy smokes! Everybody is rooted in conation. Everybody is rooted in wow. either Dan Sullivan at Strategic Coach, Kathy Colby at, at, at in conation, yep. or a combination of the two. So we're all like-minded, and here I am, this kid compared to these people who have built ridiculously successful careers at the thought of right. with the guidance of Kathy Dan and other principals and I said I need to I need to just do this so wow. I took that's when I took the risk Carl, I was broke from 2012 when I incorporated the yep. company until and like we made do right life was good you scraped by for like for for five years like and that could drive someone insane I moved down to DC. I, I started this whole new life. I was with the intentionality to like grow this thing right. exponentially right. right off the bat. And guess what? It worked. Yeah. But like expenses we to keep up with a company like yes. that were insane. And the volume of people that were looking for what we were providing, which is helping them navigate the first steps of the rest of their life. 
that spoke so clearly Volumes. when we started when we started marketing to their audiences and we started putting it in the right places the phones were off the hook the calls were just like wow. so influential it was ridiculous but it, then it got to the point talking about not sleeping we couldn't keep up with the volume we were scheduling people for breakthrough calls at midnight on weekdays because it's the only time that we could take them because like so like parents were getting on they're like there's only so much time in the day. why are we meeting at midnight and it's like I don't know I just got off seven breakthrough calls either pay or get off like wow. it's just like so like that's where so then that strain yep, came in yep um all to lead to this we moment go. that we're getting to 2018 yep. we end up in the brookfield club championship oh my god i i still think was it 2018 i think it was 2017 because i was still living in cincinnati not yet no they're planning at, to move to four so how many mackers have we been to shout out macker shout out the golf macker we have been to the first macker that i went to was in 2018 yeah so we met august 2017 2017 yep. we met yep it was august 2017 so which makes per- literally the timeline of all of that is perfection so 2017 yes i've had mika and where are you living in a shithole apartment but back in back in buffalo back in buffalo yeah with nicole i'm living in over the rhine ohio in cincinnati ohio yep we <laughs> ironically enough get Paired up to golf together yep. in the Brookfield Club Championship. Yep. How do we play? <laughs> the worst of the field. Okay, let's not talk about how we play. <laughs> uh, we had a great time. Yeah, right. Uh, surprisingly enough, we didn't just DQ ourselves after day one because we had such a good time. We were like, all right. And gonna, Marfort was there. We're going to play together yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Let's just go have a good time. Right, we'll have right. a couple of drinks. Right. We'll relax, enjoy the sunshine. Uh, well, at least we stayed in touch after that. For sure. Not, I mean, we like we didn't see each other, talk to each other, or have another conversation for six, for six months until Anthony calls us both randomly, yep. unknowing, yep. and tells us about this golf trip that he has started a tradition to down at his dad's place. And uh, come on down, come golf, come down, have a good time, come a few out. days. Literally, no clue what we're walking ourselves into. Now it's something that we look forward to more than anything. It's hey, like, and we've got it coming up in a month. Yeah, hell so yeah. So we're excited. Peacock's going five and but, okay. All right, but you now look at topic. but you look at. Where that starts, we end up in the house. I'm coming in with my bags. You came in. I was there already. Yep. You came in with your bags. Yep. I look at you. You look at me. You're like, ah, I know you. Wait, we've met before. <laughs> What's going on here? And then Tony tells us, hey, you guys are both in this room with Luke, who oh, we don't know at this oh point. Oh, my God. I, I knew Luke's wife. You, I knew well, him, sort of, just from being in the building. They weren't married at the point yet. Whatever it is. Regardless. Yeah, so like we end up in the same room, yes. and then that fateful drive. That drive... Um, that 30-minute Uber ride literally changed our lives. Yeah, no doubt. Well, maybe not changed your life at that moment, but certainly changed mine. Changes mine now. Because what happened? So what happened was, long story short, I was going down to a different spot in Mark, or in Florida, check out my family's place, and I needed someone to come with me. So Evan was like, yeah, why not? Like, I've, I've met you before. I'll be the good guy. I'll come down. Well, we get in the Uber, and right away, Evan gets on the phone. So I'm like, oh, this will be a great, great car ride. For 30 minutes, Evan is talking to a potential client or a current client. I forget which one. But he's talking about conation. He's talking about the cognitive part of your mind. He's, he's laying out all these terms like sync, strain, fact finder, implementer, follow through. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Whatever. On the ride back, we I end up bringing it up. I'm like, E, 
tell me what you were just doing. Like, what? who are you talking to? What's your business? What do you, like, tell me more about who you are. Yeah. And that's when I first heard about the College Confidence Coach, what you do, how you help students and their families to make that next decision in their life. And still, it took a couple years until we ended up forming up and starting the business. But that Another started, business that we started. But that started the initial thought process of, one, I love this business. Yep. In terms of what you have, how you built it, how you've how you've grown it, yep. And then into what could we do together? Sure. What and 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 what we ended up doing, and what I ended up proposing to Evan, which would have been probably two three years later during the pandemic of all times to start a business, yep. Was okay. You help these students find their internal self validation make the right decision in terms of where their next step is, where they're going to school, what they're studying, what their potential career paths could be. But I saw an opportunity to say, okay, well, how can we help them once they get to college right. in terms of networking and relationship building? Right. Which, as you know, I'm a massive proponent of. Sure. And something that I I think took advantage of well in college in order to set me up for graduation and beyond sure um so what we did was start which is funny to think back on it right starting the art of successful networking like so just like straight into the point of what we're gonna do which uh, could have worked it it, it did, did work. work yeah i mean what do you mean it could have worked it did work it's it could just still be on its, it's own. just evolved into what we are today that's sure. gym coaching but sure. we started an online course Right. Think about it. The pandemic, all these kids who are 18, 19, 20 years old, they're used to being on screen, being behind us, being behind a camera and taking in knowledge digitally. Yeah. So we said, OK, let's take advantage of that. And we built a course to teach people not only what networking is and why you should do it, but how to actually do it. Right. Um, and the parents of your students started calling back and, and reaching out and being like, "Hey, can you can you do this for professionals? Especially, like, can you do this for my employees? Like, I you know I manage a team of twenty people and they're you know twenty five to forty years old and half of them can't have a conversation with someone they don't know or half of them can't go meet someone new at an event and build a relationship and have it turn to a partnership, new business opportunity, whatever the case may be. Sure." Which is at that point, and you were like, okay, Siege, we've been doing this all wrong. You need to understand the cognitive part of your mind right. first. Right, So that we can best coach. When did that happen? I'm trying to think when that... There's a total moment. Well, the moment that it happened was we were at my alma mater. It's exactly right. In we, the Airbnb. We were, we were back in what I call my home away from home in Cincinnati, Ohio, down and over the Rhine. We were in an Airbnb right right above the Pony, which is an awesome bar in Cincinnati, mainly because it's a Buffalo bar, so obviously I'm biased. <laughs> and we're about to give a speech. But we're about to give a speech. We, we signed a contract with Xavier University to go coach networking and relationship building. Yep. So we're, we're, we just flew in. We're getting settled. We're sort of going over you know the highlights of what we're going to be doing and talking about. And Evan just goes... You haven't even taken your Conor's profile yet. You haven't taken a Colby A yet. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I As I'm I watching have, I you even thought about it. put everything on hangers, get all of the outfits. We were there out, for 24 hours. Like, have everything put where it's supposed to be, picking the bed, checking the pillows, doing all of the things that, like, Laying I'm out outfits. Like, I'm just throwing my stuff on, putting my shoes, and let's go to the speech. And, like, you're getting all these things. And I'm like, see, it's like, you know you're an initiating follow-through? I was like, what do you mean? An initi-? yeah. And you're like, remember that phone call that I had <laughs> in Florida? I'm like, holy shit, here yeah. we go. So Evan, Because we weren't doing that. I was touching correct, on conation in the speeches that we were doing correct. and in the presentations that we were giving. But we weren't really getting into that like we that that was a very brushed over piece of what aosn was pitching very and so now so this is where the pivot happened where you said where else did we speak right after that we gave another speech boulder at cu boulder and that's when we started incorporating it more correct and then it became a conative sales pitch correct and that's when i was like all right we got to redo this and then we and then no well and then you said you need to go get certified that's that's right and you need to get recertified for the third time because <laughs> you lapsed on your continuing education. And I've probably lapsed a fourth time because I still need to finish something. You, you you still haven't done that? No. E. Yeah, I know. We've we'll get talked it about this. We'll get it done. Okay. Just get it done for me. Okay, if you're Colby Corp, don't listen to this because I'll be doing it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. Um, but yeah, so what happened was we then fly to Arizona. Yep. I get certified. You get recertified. Yep. At this point, drinking the Kool Aid is an understatement. Yeah. There's sort of a guzzling the Kool Aid. There's sort of a a a a moment where we're out to dinner, and we lay out what could be. Yep. We lay out what could happen, and long story short, and we have an interested party. Interested party. Well, and and what happens is at this time, you know, we'll call it. I don't know. Five months later, yeah, is is the birth of what we are now, which is MGM coaching for sure. Which is what we talked about and brainstormed over dinner and a couple of drinks. Yeah, in Phoenix or in Scott Phoenix in Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Scottsdale, yeah. Arizona. Yeah, it, it's listen. It's a it's a journey that has been long and winding, but yeah. it's also been obviously extremely rewarding and one that has been met with conative sync almost throughout so which th- is remarkable i think it's best you know let's let's name this the intro like the getting to know this is the genesis of what it is and then now we'll do episode two and release it right back to back like let's just record it right after i love this and then uh, we'll do a second episode because I think that's enough time for people driving and learning about us. Well, this is exactly what you talked about in the beginning is anything <laughs> longer than 45 minutes yeah. is too much. Well, and here's the thing. We only accomplished one out of three agenda items I had for it. Go figure. Well, the good thing is that this just means we have more episodes to record. Yeah. And more time to speak. So next time, let's get into three areas of the mind. Okay. Let's talk about why people are often misdiagnosed with cognitive instruction yep and why the affective is so easily manipulated well and here's the great thing about talking with that yep is that i'm hoping mike r curry will be in the office to talk with us that would be really cool talk that would about be his great, journey that would be a great spot talk about his transition from where he was to where he is now yep eat some of some of his phenomenal sourdough bread is he gonna bring us some oh if he doesn't then we're not gonna have him on all right i like that um but yeah, I think that's a wrap on episode one. All right, sweet. 
Thank you, everybody. Let's call it an outro.